Welcome to the Harvest Podcast, where we simply discuss God's Word verse by verse, chapter by chapter, and book by book. Now, here is your host, Mitch Boger. Shall we dig in to the word? Yeah, absolutely. You we you mentioned about let's looking at uh, where that you want to look at Genesis three together. Yes. Yep. So let's. All right. We'll uh, I'll read Genesis three and then we'll go back through and you just kind of walk us through. Is that is that okay? Yeah. Go for it. Great. <clears throat> now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast in the field which the Lord God had made, and he said to the woman, Indeed, has God said. You shall not eat from any tree of the garden. The woman said to the serpent, From the fruit of the trees of the garden we may eat. But from the fruit of the tree which is in the middle of the garden, God has said, You shall not eat from it or touch it, or you will die. The serpent said to the woman, You surely will not die, for God knows that in the day you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was a delight to the eyes, and that the tree was desirable to make one wise, she took from its fruit and ate. She also gave it to her husband, and he ate. And then the eyes of both of them were open, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loin coverings. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Then the Lord God called to the man and said to him, Where are you? He said, I heard the sound of you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid myself. And he said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree of which I commanded you not to eat? The man said, The woman whom you gave to be with me, she gave me from that tree, and I ate. Then the Lord God said to the woman, What is this you have done? And the woman said, The serpent deceived me, and I ate. The Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, cursed are you more than all the cattle, and more than every beast of the field. On your belly you will go, and the dust you will eat, all the days of your life, and I will put enmity between you and woman, and between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise you on the head, and you shall bruise him on the heel. To the woman he said, I will greatly multiply your pain in childbirth. In the pain you will bring forth children, yet your desire will be for your husband, and he will rule over you. Then to Adam he said, Because you have listened to the voice of your wife, and have eaten from the tree about which I have commanded you, saying, You shall not eat from it. Cursed is the ground because of you, and toil you will eat of it. All the days of your life, both thorns and thistles, it shall grow from you, and you will eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your face you shall eat bread till you return to the ground because from it you were taken for you are dust and to dust you shall return now the man called his wife's name eve because she was the mother of all the living the lord god made garments of skin for adam and his wife and clothed him and then lord god said behold the man has become like one of us knowing good and evil and now he might stretch out his hand and take also from the tree of life and eat and live forever. Therefore, the Lord God sent him out from the Garden of Eden 
to cultivate the ground from which he was taken. So he drove them out, and at the east of the Garden of Eden, he stationed the cherubim and the flaming sword, which turned every direction to guard the way to the tree of life. All right. Very, very critical chapter is in the Bible, isn't it? Yeah, very critical. Yeah. You know, Genesis, is the, actually the name means beginnings. Mm. So it's the book of beginnings. Yes. It, uh, it's the beginning of creation, of course. Mm-hmm. But it's the beginning of a lot of things. Beginnings where God shows us what marriage is. It's um, what he made humanity to be. He made the male and female. That's why we know there's only two genders. If we believe God's word, mm-hmm. we know that um, he made the male and female. He didn't make multiple. Yes. It's the book of, of purpose because God places Adam and Eve in an ideal world. It gives them purpose. He gives them a garden. The, the actual language implies he, he gives them to tend to the land is, is the idea of managing the environment that God has given them. And so they were meant to bring God glory as they managed the world that God had placed them in. So we have the beginnings of that. Mm-hmm. But of course, what we have in this chapter is is the beginning in, 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 of sin and rebellion. Mm-hmm. And it's critical and important to understand where it comes from, yes. because how can we appreciate much later on a Savior and a Redeemer, uh, one who forgives us of our sin, if we first of all don't know where it came from, and, oh, and why true. we need it. Mm. And so Genesis 3 is critical to understanding why we need a Savior, why Jesus came to die. For us. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, as we as we look at it, so it begins, I'll just thumbnail sketch through some of these things here. Sure. I don't know how deep you want to go, Mitch, but yeah. you stop me if you have questions or you want to you know, go in a different direction. Yeah, of course. Obviously, it begins with the serpent coming to them mm-hmm. uh, in the garden. And, um, you know, we're, we're maybe struck like, who is this serpent? It doesn't mm-hmm. introduce him. It doesn't say where he came from. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, we don't have time to look at it, but if listeners want to look up Ezekiel 28. Yeah. Uh, it says there in verse 13 through 19 that this this being was in the garden of God. This was a, he was, he was an angel um, you know, obviously before he became Satan <laughs> and it talks about him being covered in light and he was in the garden of God. And then we know in Isaiah 14, beginning with verse 12, he began to rebel against God. He began to proclaim the I wills. I will be like the most high. I will send my above his throne. And, um, and we have really kind of the essence of what rebellion looks like and... the I will instead of how we're taught to pray by Jesus, eh. thy will be done. You know, we see my will be done in Satan. And then we see it being introduced here in Genesis 3. So the serpent is there. Mm-hmm. And we know it's Satan because um, it doesn't say it here. Uh, but we do know that um, in the book of Revelation, chapter 20, uh, John says, Then I saw an angel coming from heaven, having the key to the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand, and he laid all of the dragon, yeah. that serpent of old. Here is, he's, re, he's referencing Genesis 3, who is the devil and Satan. So we know who he is, yeah. clearly. And here he is. He's in the garden of God. 
he's there uh, and he begins to speak with Eve. Um, now, remember, Adam and Eve are innocent. Mm-hmm. They, they don't have a sinful nature yet. The world is entirely new. So it wouldn't necessarily be totally shocking to them maybe to hear an animal of some sort speaking to them as it naturally would freak us out, right? Yeah, right. Because mm-hmm. everything was brand new. And they this was just, in their maybe minds, one of the creations of God. Mm-hmm. And um, they have an innocent nature. They're not thinking at this point anything diabolical or jaded or cynical. And she begins to engage in talk with this thing. Yeah. So verse 2, and the woman said to the serpent, you know, he offered, why don't you eat at this? Uh, that, let me go back. I should just read verse 1. Now the sure. serpent was more cunning than the beasts of the field, which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, as God indeed said, you shall not eat of every tree of the garden. And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree that uh, in the midst of the garden, God said, you shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Uh-huh. And of course, we cannot miss here um, some really key lessons on how you and I are still tempted by Satan today. Yeah. Satan Satan is 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 crafty, but he doesn't have a lot of tricks up his sleeve. He he knows he only needs to use the same old tricks to deceive people as he did that we can see here in the garden. Huh. And so we know we know first of all he's cunning. It said that he was a cunning uh, thing. Uh-huh. Now, What's what's imaged here is is Satan is um, incarnate in some kind of animal, and that, you know, obviously we think of it as a snake, and it is some kind of animal. It eventually becomes what we know as a snake because mm-hmm. God later on curses it, and in the curse says you'll you'll crawl around on your belly. Verse fourteen. Mm-hmm. That implies that it didn't beforehand, so it it could have been something else beforehand, mm-hmm. and so. And he, he comes in some form. <laughs> what exactly it looked like, I don't know. Yeah. But but he did. <laughs> and and really there's a lesson in that. Satan's deception is still based today, as with Eve. Satan's deception is still based upon his ability to transform himself into something other than what he really is. Oh, wow. He's mm. able to transform himself in ways that are attractive or deceptive mm-hmm. that people um, don't know what they're dealing with. Mm-hmm. Temptation often comes in disguise. We know that Paul said in Second Corinthians 11, verse 13, speaking of false teachers, he said, for such are false apostles, deceitful workers, and here's the operative word, transforming themselves into apostles of Christ. So Paul is talking about false teachers. They're false, <laughs> but they transform themselves. Like Satan here, puts himself in another form. They're in the form of apostles of Christ, but they're really deceptive. <laughs> and Paul goes on to say in, in verse 14 of Second Corinthians 11, <laughs> he says, And no wonder, for Satan himself transforms himself into an angel of light, Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers transform themselves into ministers of righteousness. Uh, so we see that in, as, as we learn personally from our, for our lives, when deception comes, 
it can come in a very attractive way. Satan has the ability to transform into something that is not grotesque or repulsive, <laughs> but alluring, if you would. Yeah. And um, and he, he can even come, as Paul said, as an angel of light. Well, how many people have been deceived by thinking like, oh, this light is leading me to do this or that? And, um, well, we can't just go by something being a light is guiding us. We have to be guided by God's word. Mm. Amen. And so, um, so Eve, in our story, does bring up, well, God said we shouldn't eat or touch that. Mm-hmm. And then we see the threefold attack on God's word. Um, we see him saying, he, he questions what God said. He says, has God said? So you, you see that with Satan's attack on Eve when she's standing there. Yeah. Um, has God said? And it's the beginning of challenging God's word or making people doubt what God says. Yeah. Mm. Um, she knew what God had said, but yeah. Satan then said, did he really? Has has he said that? Mm. And he puts it in a negative way. He's creating confusion and doubt. And, and today, people still, still um, are being deceived in a way where they hear the voice, whether it's of, the enemy, of Satan himself in their hearts, or if they hear it through unbelieving theologians yeah. who say, did God really say that? Has God really said that? Isn't that just the word of man? Has God? Uh, That's still the hiss of Satan right there from Genesis 3. Yeah. Well, and let me bring something up real quick, too. Um, yeah. You know, something when I was, uh, you know, preparing for this, something that I never paid much attention to was, you know, God said, you shall not eat from it or touch it. But Satan just keeps talking about eating it yes you know what i mean like he's he's twisted it so much that he's not even allowing eve to remember about the touch part of it right you know what i mean so, well, exactly i believe it's actually eve that says we must not touch it right mm-hmm. um now back in chapter two my understanding is that god gave no instruction to about touching it he just said you should not eat it oh Mm-hmm. And so uh, it's Eve that talks about we shouldn't touch it. Now, teachers, Bible teachers will say there's a, there's the evidence of adding to God's word mm-hmm. because we don't see it in chapter two. And that is true. Mm-hmm. Um, although I would have to say, is why, why would you be touching something if you're told not to eat it? Oh, that's true. Um, mm-hmm. One of the things that, that obviously we can we can bring up here is why was Eve at all hanging around something she shouldn't have even been near to? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's good advice when we know there's certain temptations out there in life. Don't even get close to things that we know the enemy can use to tempt us. Yes. She was hanging around it. She hung around it long enough that it lured her into it. And no doubt, just like any stupid fish in the ocean or in the lakes, you hang around a fisherman's hook with a bait on the end of it, you're eventually going to take it and get it up. You know, <laughs> yeah. you know, get away from it. Yeah. Well, so and so she began the dialogue with the devil here. Yeah. So she, so in in this aspect, she's knocked down these guarded up walls, and Satan is breaking, in a sense, breaking. You know, trying to convince her to break these walls. Yeah. 
Absolutely. It, his clear attack is to go against what God has said. So, you know, he classically says there in mm -hmm. verse one, has God said. So that is him creating um, doubt. He's creating an impression that God is withholding something good from them. And people today are still deceived with, well, God is just withholding good things from us if we obey him. Yeah. But he loves to create that confusion. Mm -hmm. And then, then he actually flat out contradicts mm -hmm. the word of God. Where Eve says, if we eat the fruit, we will die. Um, but then Satan says in verse 3, you uh, or excuse me, in verse 4, then the serpent said, you mm -hmm. will not die. Well, that's a flat-out contradiction. And so we see a similar pattern of when people really get tempted or struggle and, and get wrecked by the enemy and falling away from God or rejecting mm -hmm. God, is they begin to doubt God's word. Uh, did God really say this? Isn't just this the word of man? Aren't these just translations trans, you know, passed down through us through the ages? They're filled with errors. How can we trust it? Um, and then it, it clearly is not true. It, you know, and, and like Satan, where he says, you will not die. People just flat out say, well, God yeah. didn't say that. That won't mm -hmm. come to pass. And that is clearly a line of attack that he seeks to deceive people. And that's what Satan, that's how he kills mm. people. He kills them spiritually by getting them to believe mm. lies and to doubt and reject God's word. And that's exactly what she, he did to her. And, um, and then he held out a false mm -hmm. promise. He says, you will be like God, knowing good from evil. And sin always offers a false promise to us. Uh, so Eve looked at the apple, or not the apple, whatever mm -hmm. fruit it was, and um, and she she sees verse six that it's it was good for food. Well, she you know she's probably in her mind rationalizing yeah. things here, even though God said not to. Um, I'm going to ration in my reasonable mind. You mean using human reasoning? It's mm -hmm. good for food. You know, number one. Uh, it was pleasant to the eyes. Number two, hey, it's it's not only it'll be good food. Hey, hey. I'm hungry. And it'll be nutrition to my body. It's really attractive in its appearance. It's a beautiful thing, and 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 also it'll it it has the ability to make one hey. wise. Why wouldn't I take that that fruit? And um, in many ways. You and I and, and Christians and, and unbelievers, really, anybody who falls into sin, in many ways, when we're, we're going after something that God has said is sin, it's always somehow attractive. Mm -hmm. there's, there's always something in it, if we use our own reasoning, well, it's logical to me, or it, it's pleasant to the eyes, or it'll, this, this, it'll give me wisdom, it'll, it'll give me an advantage. But just like the fruit that Adam and Eve took of, there's always death on the other side of that yeah. sin. There's always, after the attraction, after the reasoning, after the participation in sin, there's some kind of spiritual poison that is there that hurts us. Um, in sin, the Bible says, it, it separates us from yes. God. And we'll see that in the story, that they're immediately separated mm -hmm. from God when they partake of the fruit. So we, we must be careful of when we begin to hear the hiss of Satan 
and doubt and, the word of God and, and, and outright reject the word of God um, and think there'll be no consequences because great consequences are about ready to happen to Adam and Eve because yes. of Part 3 of Genesis chapter 3 with Paul Lang will be uploaded tomorrow. So keep your notifications on and as always, simply continue reading God's Word and we'll catch you tomorrow. Thanks.